In this new edition of the World Olympics, some Hawaiian activists are claiming that surfing is cultural appropriation and they feel offended. I'm Ismael Paisivico and this is The Civic Podcast. Hello everyone, and welcome again. So when you feel that wokeism couldn't go any further, that this victimhood ideology, let's call it that way for, 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 lack, of a, for lack of a better word, couldn't go any further, someone comes along and decides to be, to get offended by something new, right? And the latest is surfing. Of course, we've all heard all the terminologies going around, cultural appropriation, uh, but nobody actually know what it really means because some things are cultural appropriation and other things aren't really. So what are the actual differences? And the actual answer to that is we don't know what the differences are. The, the people that draw the line are the people that want to benefit in some way or another from something specific, in this case, surfing. So this is the Associated Press that wrote an article a few weeks ago, uh, J- July 13th, right? And I'm going to quote what this is in the article. For some native Hawaiians, surfing's Olympic debut is both a celebration of a cultural touchstone invented by their ancestors and an extension of the racial indignities seared into the history of the game and their homeland. The Tokyo Summer Games, which opened July 23rd, serve as a proxy for that unresolved tension and resentment, according to the ethnic Hawaiians who lament that surfing and their identity have been culturally appropriated by white outsiders who now stand to benefit the most from the $10 billion industry. Now I quote, this is a quote from Isaiah Halikunihi Walker. You had native Hawaiians in the background being part of the development of it and just not being really recognized. There's an element of them taking over. That's when there's no more aloha. So, okay, tell you what, you wanna bring up the $10 billion industry that is surfing. Next time a pizza is sold in New York City, all that money's gonna go to an Italian. No more Americans can sell a pizza. Or if there's a Brit doing some curries in the UK, all that money's gonna go back to India. This idea of cultural appropriation coming from the same people that actually want multiculturality, or at least a sense of it. Because again, I've I've spoken previously about multiculturality in various ways and and cultures divided into different sections, let's say, it's like of a pyramid. So you have the basis, which is the general philosophy or general idea of the way that people actually interact with each other, the identities of a specific culture, and then it keeps mounting up where then you can have food, so gastronomy maybe, or or fashion, the, the, the way you dress. Um, your general schedules, what do you do on Sundays, and all that pretty much, I say, superficial superficial things that in the end don't really affect the way we live together. So for example, um, if I decide to wear a suit and someone in the street, a woman in the street decides to wear a hijab, that doesn't really affect me, nor it affects her that I wear a suit, right? That's really, those are really superficial things that in the end doesn't really matter, but that's at least a sense of multiculturalism that, 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 that we want to achieve, right? That everyone can live their culture. Um, of course, respecting wherever they are that specific point, because there are some things you need to respect in specific areas. For example, I remember when I was in Bosnia and I went to see a, um, a I think it was a, it, 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 it was a tomb of a prophet, of a, of a Muslim prophet. And I remember we had to put some, some skirts on. So we were in shorts, it was summer, we were in Mostar. And then you have to put some some skirts on. I say, okay, fine, we're, we're there. We're going to respect the way they want us to wear uh, or the way they want us to dress. So we're going to put some skirts on. 
So anyway, you still need to adapt. But this is something that we really want to achieve in the West. I mean, with these cosmopolitan cities where you can find foods from the four corners of the world. You can find people dressed in different ways. That, that beautiful multiculturalism that we really want to achieve where everyone can live together in peace and harmony. And if one day you want to eat a pizza or another day you want to have a paella or another day you want to have a curry or another day you want to have a poke bowl or sushi or Chinese noodles or, or ramen or kimchi, whatever you want to have, right? You can have it or naan or anyway, there are so many different foods that you can find now pretty easily in the West. Excuse me. And I start speaking quite quickly. I get a lot of air. But anyway, so so these, that's the beauty of the West. And of, well, not just the West, actually. You have a lot of cosmopolitan cities all around the world. You have Singapore, one of them. Uh, Tokyo, I'm not entirely sure at what point. You have Dubai also. I mean, so many different cultures coming together and learning how to live together and share the best of their culture. That's the whole idea of multiculturality. That's why it's so... So beautiful at, at the same time. How how boring would it be if we were all just the same? How boring would that be that we all ate the same thing? So I'll tell you what, next time a woke northern center European says anything about cultural appropriation and they eat something else apart from potatoes and turnips, I'm gonna denounce you to the police. I'm gonna call the police and say, you're, you're offending me because you ate something else from tomato, um, <laughs> potatoes and turnips, right? Normal tomatoes, no more mangoes, no more bananas, no more spices. No, no, because you can't even have spices on your potatoes. Don't put any spice on those potatoes. You can't. You don't have any. You don't have any. They haven't originated there. Or the next time someone, apart from a Brit, wears a suit, I'm also going to the, denounce it to the police for, for hate speech. Right. I mean, it's just, again, suits originated in the UK, and now suits are world, uh, are world renowned. I mean, everyone wears a suit now for work. It, it, it become like the uniform, the, 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 the working uniform, on, uniform for both men and women. Um, the classic suit, let's say, or at least the essence of it, which generally originated uh, 400 years ago, I think it was. But the essence of it is still there, which originated in the UK. Football originated in the UK. Rugby originated in the UK. And the best place of rugby now, well, we could debate who the best players are, but most likely are the All Blacks, right? They're not Brits, and still they're the best players in rugby. Do you see anyone whinging about it? I, I don't see any. I don't see any Brits saying, "Oh, it's not fair. The All Blacks are the best at rugby. We should be the best ones at rugby because it, it originated here." Again, if in surfing you have better surfers around the world that are white, then so be it. What 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 else do you want to do about it, honestly? Honestly, what do you want to do about it? You, you just want to call for an offence. You want to feel offended for something that is literally so idiotic. I'm really sorry for getting so worked up about these things because each time you see some really some amazing stuff, especially at the Woke Olympics. I mean, I've spoken the last episode that I, I came a bit, speak about what happened uh, a bit throughout the Olympics. And then I was supposed to speak about the, 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 the pin that one of the Chinese athletes had, uh, basically a pin of Mao. But... But I'm going to leave that for another episode and when it comes to political symbolisms and all of that. But today, really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get into the idea of cultural appropriation. Because, for example, Kylie Jenner, was it Kendall Jenner? I can't remember. I think it's the, it's the youngest one. Uh, she opened her own tequila brand, right? And she was called out. She was literally harassed because they were saying it was cultural appropriation for her making tequila. Because she's not Mexican. So she's making tequila and that's cultural appropriation. Okay, tell you what. No more country in the world is going to make whiskey. Let's just do it that way. Or gin. Or again, or no northerner is going to have a glass of wine because that originated in the south, right? All sorts of sports originated in different parts of the world. 
I mean, you have Taekwondo originated in Korea, Judo in the Middle East, uh, tennis in France. And I can't remember the last time the best tennis player in the world was, was French. I mean, right now, for the past two decades, the game has been dominated by a Swiss, a Spaniard and a Serb. So really, what, what, what kind of logic goes through here? Is it, does the logic come generally through a sense of retribution and a sense of, um, of guilt by association where all the sins of our forefathers need to apply to us too? And anything we do in order to escalate in a specific hierarchy or a specific structure, it's just going to, it's, it's just a, a manifestation or our active oppression towards specific minorities. Is that what it is? If I now go surfing, am I actively oppressing you because I decide to go surfing? I love surfing. I've surfed a couple of times. I think it's a lovely sport. But am I oppressing you in any way? Because I like surfing and I went to surf. If I do, please tell me. Please tell me and I will not give a damn. Really. <laughs> I mean, I think this is the first episode I'm doing so worked up in, in a lot of ways. But it really is astonishing to what point. And even worse, even when I started doing my research actually from where, from where surfing came from. And apparently it doesn't even come from Hawaii. It comes from Polynesia actually got it became popular in Hawaii a bit later when it, when the Polynesians took it to Hawaii but originally it became from Polynesia actually the Samoans used surfing as a way to train their warriors in a way I mean you need to have really really good physique in order to do surfing uh, a really good equilibrium um, anyway it's it, it's a, it's a tough sport it's not an easy sport far from it and it's so even why I, I don't know why someone some sort of Hawaiian activist, even a, a university professor, actually. Where was his quote again? Okay, so basically it was coming, it's the paradox and hypocrisy of colonization, said Walker, a BYU Hawaiian history professor who is native Hawaiian. And then to start speaking a bit, this is the uh, Associated Press News article. Where they start speaking a bit about the how the white colonizers came to Hawaii and then they made surfing like a... A, a touristic attraction for white wealthy people and they're basically they capitalize on that again look history history the whole of history is filled with with misery is filled with death is filled with well with oppression generally is filled with war history is not pretty it really isn't i mean just look how common europeans even let's just let's not go that far away lived 100 200 years ago where at least in the 19th century, you had at least one child that, 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 that was going to die. Child mortality rates were really high. That's just, I mean, that's just one part of how bad it was at the time. Most of the population was really poor. They had nothing to live. They, they, they well, nothing to live. They, they just survived, just barely, going every single day. When we, I think it was um, before, before 19th century, I said it before, I think it was around one euro in today's currency a day, more or less, right, at that time. So, okay, so again, if we go back and forth in history, every single country was an oppressor at some point and was oppressed at the other. I don't see Spanish people whinging now towards the Romans or towards the Italians because they got colonized by them throughout I don't know how many years. Or again, most of Middle Eastern countries and a big part of the world was also colonized by the Ottoman Empire. What about the Mongol Empire? What about that? So what, how back into history are we willing to go to claim a certain sort of oppression or special treatment for something? Now that's not to say, are there today residues of that past oppression and colonization? Of course there are. Of course there are residues. And we are trying to make up for them in the best way that we can. But then again, to state that every single person, especially if 
if you come from that lineage of the oppressors, uh, generally white people, let's put it that way, white people, you also become an active oppressor if you actually participate in surfing. So if you surf right now, you're actively oppressing someone. So again, let's just take it to another notch. You can't eat pizza. You can't eat pasta. You can't eat any other of the of the of the food I stated just before, or the sorts of food of the gastronomy that I said, right? And and I find it really astonishing because these, because these people that say they 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 hate borders are the first ones that they love borders. They want to delimit every single culture. That's not the whole point of multiculturality. Culture is mobile. Of course, if you put people from different cultures in a specific space, the culture is going to morph, and people are going to come together. They're going to create their own culture. That's just how it works. It's just how it works through general customs. And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it, that culture can, that culture can actually evolve. Now, can we have a step back and say, okay, some parts of our culture I would like to preserve because I like it? Of course you can. Everyone can do that. If you like something and it's not harming anyone else, why would you change that part from about yourself or about your culture or about your country or about your family even or your region or whatever you, you, you may want to say? Again, there are so many things that globalization, let's put it that way, um, in, the, in, in, in the old term of globalization, like people going around and trading and, and bringing different spices from different areas, um, food, for example, just generally multiculturality, that, at least the way we want to see it um, in its most pure form. That really is what brought this such beautiful world we live in. That now, again, in, 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 even in small towns in Spain or in, in rural areas of Europe, you can, find the, you can find the kebab, right? You couldn't find that 50 years ago. I think the first kebab opened in my town, when was it? It was around 2010, 2012, right? Actually, one of the reasons my mum used to, uh, to convince me to come to Brussels, <laughs> I remember this very well, was saying, because I only ate kebab like once in my life, I think, when I was, uh, when I was growing up. And I think it was like in, uh, in Malaga, because it was maybe like one kebab at that point. Um, so one of the actual arguments she used was, do you know that in Brussels is full of kebabs? And then I just say yes, and then we, <laughs> then we went to Brussels. But so that, that's basically, it, it really is, it really is. And then we came here, uh, and then I had a really sore mouth, and then I ate a pili pili durum. And it really, really, pili pili is like the, I think it's the most it's the spiciest sauce, I would say, uh, in the wide range of sauces you have here in, uh, in Belgian kebabs. And, uh, and I had a really bad mouthache afterwards because I had a, uh, I don't know how you say it in English, uh, basically a sore, you say in Spanish, yaga. I really forgot how you say it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I really sore mouth. But anyway, to come back to the main idea that cultural appropriation is just complete nonsense. People, are always trying to claim offense for something specific. And that's the issue with this woke movement, is that in the end, they're going to claim something in order to claim offense and get specific or special treatment for them. Because they don't like, the, their life is going, or they're miserable, or or they think they should, or they are really angry with, with the world, or with whatever, right? This is really, people are just not happy. Uh, and I can understand, people have lots of hardships. They do, we all do. Every single person has something that going on in their life that you, that you know nothing about. Everyone has their own problems to deal with. But that's not to say now that you have to get your problems and chuck them onto someone else or say it's their fault that I live this way. It's their fault that I'm miserable. It's their fault that I'm poor. It's their fault that I'm not happy. It's their fault that I haven't found a partner. It's their fault that I don't have a family. Right, that can happen at some point. I mean, if... if if you're a judge during Nazi Germany 
and they exterminated your family, then yes, I can understand at that point, of course, you're gonna hold some resentment. That's just natural. Same thing goes for the Soviet Union. If they exterminated your family, that's just naturally gonna hold some resentment towards the people that actually committed that crime. My issue is if you hold that same resentment towards people that had nothing to do with those times, nothing to do. This comes back to the same idea of guilt by association. Is that, and the most extreme example of guilt by association that comes to, let's say, is in North Korea, where basically if your great, 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 great grandfather committed a crime, your whole family is, is doomed, let's say for life, at least for eight generations, I think it was. So if your eight generations back grandfather committed a crime, you are the last one to actually uh, live at the lowest at the lowest stratus of society because of your great 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 and whatever grandfather created uh, did 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 a did a crime. But then again, a crime in North Korea can be I don't know uh, tearing up a newspaper again. So it, it it really is very arbitrary there. But let's just take an example where guilt by association takes you to. And this is the whole idea. This is what's happening with the with the guilt by association idea that every single white person because they go surfing is actively oppressing Hawaiians. So could we say now that Hawaiians actively oppress Polynesians because it actually got popularized in Hawaii? How does it go? How far back are we willing to go to claim a specific sort of oppression? I don't know who my, who my great, 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 great times 15 grandfather was. He was probably maybe even African. I mean, in the end, we all come from Africa, don't we? So can't we all just claim some, claim some sort of oppression if we all actually come from Africa, which we do? which the, 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 the human race originated there. So why can't we just all claim oppression for that? How far back is it okay to go? Anyway, so this is to come back to the whole idea of cultural appropriation. That if, if someone has a better way of defining it, I'm more than happy to hear it. The only issue is that there isn't because it's, it, it's purely arbitrary. There's no one specific definition. And that's the issue when they start changing the language, when they start taking to hate speech. What's hate, okay? Anything that's hateful. Well, what's anything that's hateful? Well, it's anything that offends me. What's oppression? Well, it's anything that's oppressive, okay? What's oppressive? Well, it's anything that makes me feel oppressed. It, it all comes back to feelings, to subjective opinions, to subjective feelings that in the end, you can't really quantify nor measure. So how would you like to put it into policy? That's, that's my, my, my main problem with this language that in the end it's been like downwashed into creating your own reality, creating your own definition of it. If you say it's true, then it must be true because it's your own reality and that's your own truth and the only truth and everyone should respect it regardless of what they think. I'm sorry, it does not feel that way. Can you feel bad for some specific, thing, for some specific things? Everyone interprets feelings in a different way. We all have our own personality. We all have our own mind, let's say, or mindset towards things. Something may affect me a lot and to the person next to me might not affect them at all whatsoever. The loss of a, of, of a loved one, for example. Again, for me, it might not affect me. For the person next to me, it might affect them a lot. Or the loss of a dog, right? It might not affect me whatsoever, but it might affect the other person a lot. Everyone is gonna interpret it in, the, in, 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 the, in a different way. So if we all just start claiming oppression for things, essentially, that we can't even define, and our definition of it is because I feel it. It's inside my feelings. Well, I'm sorry, I can't do anything about that. I, c I can't go inside your mind and make you think in a different way. I just want to at least, and everyone has to have a sort of em empathetic approach, of course. You, you're not gonna be just freely mean to someone or 
my, my doctor started snoring. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna finish real quickly. Um, so of course, but that just comes into the your basic morality or your basic set of values that you're not mean to anyone. But it comes to a point where honestly, I think if I grab now a surfboard and go surfing, I don't think I'm oppressing everyone, anyone. And if I am, please tell me. Because again, I will not give a damn. Really, I will not. Because then if that's the case, then I don't want to see anyone playing football, no one playing rugby, right? No one wearing a suit, because I feel offended. I feel really offended because of that. Now everyone, let's just live nicely together, share our things, share the best things about our cultures with each other, whether it's gastronomy, I mean, I mean, I love food, I love gastronomy, and I love how many things, I mean, in my kitchen, I have things from basically everywhere around the world, and then you just put it all in one same pot, and then it's equally delicious. I mean, you can you can just start mixing. What can I mix? Well, for now, I, I can only see a, a packet of garam masala. But <laughs> anyway, garam masala is awesome. You can use it for so many different things, mainly curries, of course. But it's really nice, right? And I can't have my garam masala now because it comes from India. I just, I, I really do not understand this mindset. And, and I find it really nefarious, really, for, for relationships for general human relations between each other. If now we start thinking how that person is oppressing us by doing something that essentially isn't really affecting us directly, it's just an an implicit oppression that we can't even see or we're not even conscious about. It's the same claim of the, of, well, the critical race theory claim that you're racist without even knowing it. So even if you know you're not racist, well, you still are racist because you're white. So, you, so of course, by <laughs> the fact that you are racist, because you're white. Even if you don't know, it doesn't matter. It's in your unconscious, right? Anyway, it, it, it just becomes to one point that in the end, it's never gonna get satisfied. This work idea of, of feeling oppressed, of feeling like the victim. Are there victims in the world? Of course there are, that's not my point. My point are that it's never gonna get satisfied because in the end, it will eat you up at some point. At some point, you're gonna do something that's gonna offend someone. I can assure you about that. I can assure you about that. You're gonna do something at some point that's gonna offend someone and then they're gonna come for you. And then they're gonna come for you. So in the end, let's, let's just base ourselves on our basic, well, there's not even universal morality, but let's just say, let's try and as be as morally uh, pure, if you will. I, I, I really don't know how to how to put it into words, but let's just be nice with each other. Again, I just, I, I, I feel here like a priest and say, kiss each other, say everyone, say hello to everyone in the street. Uh, smile all the time, not to that point either, because we're all pretty much miserable all the time anyway, but apart from that, let's just try and share things, okay? And let's stop claiming false victimhoods just because you want a special kind of treatment or you want to feel heard or you want people to notice you by saying that surfing oppresses Hawaiians. Anyway, again, uh, I'm gonna leave it here for today. You can always follow us on Instagram, which is at thecivic.space, on Facebook, which is also the Civic Space, on our website, this www.thecivicspace.org um, and I've been saying we're going to start posting more articles they will come pretty, pretty much soon but anyway uh, follow us on social media because I usually also post some clips on there and do quite a few stories once in a while and then um, yeah social media you're going to see when we actually post the videos instead of if or follow us on, on Spotify or Google Podcasts or on Spotify uh, Apple Podcasts sorry so you can also receive the notification each time a new podcast is up at the same time and if you wish to contact us or anything, feel free to send an email to contact at thecivicspace.org and like, share and subscribe if you like the content. Um, 
I hate that. I said it before. It doesn't matter. Anyways, thank you very much, everyone, again, for listening. I'm Miss Civico, and this was The Civic Podcast. See you next time.